And who am I? That's not a secret I'll never tell. You know you love me. XOXO. Gossip Welcome back, listeners. This is XOXO, and I'm Joe Lipset, joined as always by Jenny Nolf. Hi, Jenny. Hello, hello, hello. As well as Ari Drew. Hi, Ari. Hello, everyone. Folks, we are talking about the finale of season two, and unfortunately, also the series of Gossip Girl. It's episode 210, I Am Gossip. And folks, uh, we're going to break this into three parts because there's kind of three different things we really want to discuss. So let's begin with Jenny. What are your thoughts on everything that goes down at the Met Gala? Uh, The Met Gala, I mean, it was a little bit convoluted, as it always is with Gossip Girl, but... Mm -hmm. I know, uh, and the outfits were kind of bad. Oh, most of them, I thought. Uh, but no, mostly because I think the Met Gala outfits that every actor actually wore to the real Met Gala was better. Oh, hmm. I think it's just because they had more money, probably, and it was the real Met Gala. But mm-hmm. it was really fun and convoluted, but in the best way. And it actually did feel like a series finale, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. going in knowing it's a serious finale maybe that i thought about it that way but watching it i also feel like i would have thought it was the end having not known it was the series finale it definitely plays like a soft reboot in the best case scenario and then yeah it's like oh it almost feels like they knew the end was coming based on what happens in a worst case scenario Yeah, and a soft reboot actually is probably the better way to describe it because it seems like the show was trying to do that. Like they knew that they were reaching their end and they needed to fix a lot of things to make it continue to work. Mm -hmm. And now it'll never continue to work. (laughs) I know, I know. Um, Yeah, I uh, so the Met Gala stuff, I really I really enjoyed it. I again, convoluted per usual like everything has been at every one of these events or whenever there's a scheme. <laughs> uh, some of the people I thought looked really cute. Um, I really love Julian's dress, but yeah, I, I mean, I didn't understand if we were supposed to know what the theme was. Right. Cause, cause I didn't, and I didn't understand like, cause it's always themed. Right. And that's kind of like a big, big part of it. So anyhow, mm-hmm. I thought that that was, uh, you know, it was very much like, Kind of what I'd hoped to be happening at this point with the, you know, everyone kind of joining forces a bit and things getting sorted out, like feeling like they're going back to like some kind of cohesion with this group or something where like, again, get like Jenny said, like a soft reboot, like getting them back to a place where we can then focus on new stories. Like, let's kind of wrap up what's been going on. But again, you know, it's not going to happen. <laughs> Obviously, we're not going to know where this would have gone officially, but yeah, I uh, I thought the overall plan made no sense though. Like I thought the no. like the idea of like, but which so because it ended up working <laughs> to some degree later, you know, like after the fact. But I thought like them being so sure that this would cause Gossip Girl to be like, hey, it's actually me. I need the credit. It was they were really sure of that. Um, and in mm-hmm. my mind, I was just thinking like, wait, that's like a really flimsy basis to like put all your eggs into this plan. So, yeah, (laughs) it played out like the conclusion of it follows where you're just like, this is not rational thinking, you dumb, dumb teenagers. Why (laughs) would you assume that this would work? That's a really good comparison. (laughs) That actually is a really great comparison. (laughs) 
I love It Follows, but you're right. That ending, it's like their plan is is not sound. <laughs> just like every Gossip Girl plan. Exactly. It's meant to be like, you know, it's because they just kind of thought it would work because they're young and they think, sure, why not? This will sure. work. <laughs> this will work. And so, yeah, it does. Feel, it did feel like that. Julian was like extra, like she just came across as extra dumb in this episode. <laughs> like just she's mm. so she's just a dumb dumb. Honestly, she makes some decisions. She's her reasoning is always, you know, twisted. She's still doing things very selfishly. And, you know, it's just kind of like, okay, well, then we're just, into, you know, like, I think um, Luna's reaction to her, like, I'm glad someone's, I'm glad someone said that uh, to her out loud. <laughs> and that was yeah. an escalating factor in the season, I feel, between Luna and her is that Julian always considered herself better than her, not necessarily yes. that she like needed her, which I think that Luna for a while in the first season was like, you need me to mm-hmm. complete X, Y, and Z. And I'm here on your team, but Julian never considered her a teammate just somebody that was below her anyway luna mm-hmm. had the best dress by the way she looked like an alien which i love <laughs> she looked so good she looked like amazing. that like silver like gloves and the tight mm-hmm. like outfit and alien vibes love it <laughs> and i would love it and she can take me with her <laughs> yeah i think the luna stuff ended up working the best for me like i was actually really frustrated with how easily audrey ended up forgiving julian just because she wanted her best friend back and it smacked like oh we're trying to wrap this up so that we can get to some other stuff and it felt a little too rushed inauthentic to me whereas the luna stuff i was like oh we're finally gonna go here because it felt like we were either gonna pull that trigger with her or with monet and they finally decided okay we're gonna give luna a little bit more to do this is somewhere we we can really take it. Yeah. Yeah. The setup for that, like, and how clearly it would have focused more on, you know, Luna's journey and, you know, being the modeling and, and like the, you know, being offered that gig. I would have loved to see more of that. Uh, this is going to be a lot of lamenting today. I feel like it's just, oh, mm-hmm. no. this is the so eulogy sad. episode. It really is. I, I, cause I love when they get to Italy finally, which we did all suspect this was going to mm-hmm. be the, the last episode was Italy because of that one picture we I sent everyone on Instagram. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it sucks because you can tell there's something so much bigger for Luna coming, which is what we all wanted. And yeah. it's it's just we're never going to get it. It's fine, I guess. <laughs> no, it's not. Well, before fine, we Jenny. get to Italy, let's talk about Kate because we were all very excited when this fucking idiot takes the bait and then she gets <laughs> sent away to prison. Man, I did not expect it. When we were watching it, um, Trey said something like, This is a dream. This has to be a dream. And then it wasn't. And I was like, Oh, okay, good for them. Like, I love that the response was so, I think it was like Andy Cohen, like, You're mm-hmm. a teacher gross you know like (laughs) it was literally what we've been saying like this is really fucked up for a teacher to be doing this to teenagers okay but i love that andy cohen like did like a random appearance in this episode it gave me life personally (laughs) oh my god i was so like everyone who ended up being in it like cameoing what (laughs) like it's such a Mm -hmm. random grab bag of like who's friends with who and who's free is what i think they they ended up doing (laughs) yeah lucas gage of white lotus fame and then mentioning it oh crazy (laughs) he's also like yeah and he's pretty and that must be a queer thing too because he's pretty like he's in a lot of queer uh queer affiliated Mm -hmm. projects um so but yeah it was just so it was a, a little bit of like a 
this is so silly, but it's so Gossip Girl, and I, I loved it. Mm-hmm. Felt like they were stepping up their game finally in a game that we'll never see the end of. I know. <laughs> but anyway, I'm so glad that Kate went to jail. Like, I have, how many times have I said straight to jail for her? <laughs> like, oh, so many I'm times. I'm like, so glad. I'm like, finally. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think they'd actually do it. I really didn't think that they would actually, like, no, we're going to send her away. Like, and really, like, you, I, I actually kind of like what they, where they were going because the Kate, like, even the last few episodes, like, I mean, I had suggested like, oh God, she's like, obviously she's like using Jordan. It feels really mm-hmm. weird, but it's like, I think it's just her getting more and more like into this idea. Yeah. She just starts kind of spiraling in a way that it's delusions, like pure delusions at this point. And so it actually like re- looking at reading it that way, like kind of the way that she was acting and she's just like more manic around like needing to see what's posted and needing to you know, be on her phone all the time, even though Jordan's here, like living, basically living with her now, I guess, or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, like it, it actually made her taking that bait make more sense to me. Yeah. She was getting high on her own supply essentially, which yeah. was an interesting direction to take this particular part of the storyline. Like I was actually really disappointed when the Met Gala stuff didn't work because it felt like, Oh, are we just doing another big gossip girl party thing? And then for her to be such an idiot and fall for this faux news story that they have planted where they're going to sell off the rights. And Obi, of all people, is the one who comes up with this plan. And it just immediately works. Loved it. So stupid. (laughs) It's amazing. Obi gets his, finally. Like, he finally does something that's worth (laughs) something. And it's a big deal. And actually, like, yeah, I think that was a kind of interesting turn that he was the one who did that. I also love the randomness of like, who is it that they're shopping to? Like, and they throw Danny strong in at the end. I just thought that right. was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Which you could see because, you know, he ends up writing a bunch of a HBO stuff, but also the guy behind game change and other real life kind of faux expose type stories. Right, right. Oh. <laughs> and at least we get at least we get Kate in jail for the end of this series. Like that's all I can say. It's like if there's one thing we got away from this episode that like feels very conclusive, I'm like I'm glad I'm glad she's in jail. Right. Yeah. I needed yeah. that for the series to end properly. <laughs> I needed that for me. And it's like an appropriate white collar crime kind of uh, sentence, right? It's not like she's going to be in there for years, but everybody is in agreement. Oh yeah, you're going to go away for at least a year, maybe eighteen months. <laughs> maybe don't fuck with children <laughs> right exactly it's like let's be very real about what's happening right now and what you've done and not delusional like just seeing everyone react to her very genuinely and like zoya calling her out like you were getting close to me like you got close mm-hmm. to me you were my teacher like it is fucked up like i think it's it was like a nice little like uh jolt back into like the reality because we've been living in gossip girls world where we like excuse a lot of the ridiculousness but so i Mm -hmm. loved hearing them just straight up call out like what she was doing as being just really twisted and fucked up yeah so before we head to italy two months later we do get the breakup of the thruple after everybody has to post all of their secrets like their deepest darkest secrets and it comes out that Aki and Audrey and Max have all obviously been sort of cheating on each other, but not. And then we officially get the breakup. Do we like where the series was sort of taking them with their faux separation in the back half of this episode? 
Not until I read the interview that you sent, Joe. Okay, yeah. So we'll link to this in the show notes, but uh, the showrunner, Joshua Safran, indicated that he and the writing team always believed that the Thrupple were endgame. So it wasn't their intention to suggest that polyamory couldn't happen. Yeah, and I I understand that now, based on his quote, I was a little sad throughout mm-hmm. the end of the episode because I was like, well, this sucks because like Max is barely in the second half. Um, And he has he's the only character that has a huge cliffhanger, honestly. But I understand that they couldn't really cut around that without like not having him even in a final shot of the Mm -hmm. season or the series, which would have sucked even more. But like, I guess Audrey and Aki together are Blair and Max is the Chuck counterpart. And they did hint earlier this episode that Chuck and Blair were like, like, they said something like no love story like Chuck and Blair, like, yep. But then he hinted that this was the love story of Chuck and Blair, like those three, which I, I just want to see that series. I know. I, yeah, I think I, I feel the same way. And I think um, like the the breakup, like as as cliffhangers go, like had they kind of left in the original cut and everything because they did cut some things down when they knew that they weren't getting renewed um, as right. much as they could to try to give a little more finality. But um but yeah, I think the idea of doing this to them and, and challenging them in this way as part of a long con uh, for those of us who just need to see them end happily ever after that I was okay with that as a series finale. Like it just killed me that they couldn't do like any reshoots where they got them just kind of result, like even mm-hmm. just kind of a cute, hopeful moment. So that was, that was hard because again, like that's been our favorite. That's like, you know, one of our main reasons. It was the reason to watch the show. so much. Yeah, yeah. And I think that like like Chuck and Blair, you need that kind of like up and down with a couple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, I think Audrey and Aki together are supposed to be Blair in this situation. So yeah. I think that like they're, they're up and downs with Max and maybe even Aki would have like separated another season and Audrey would right. have separated another season. Like I see like a pattern where it would have been like, they all just don't know how to do this until they figure out how to do this. And mm-hmm. oh my God kills me that like the series had to end this way and the showrunner even expressed like their grievances because they were like we saw them as endgame it sucks yeah yeah the just max's reaction in the final breakup moments you know whenever he's walking down the stairs and crying Mm -hmm. oh it broke my heart and they're just like staring and i'm like you dumb idiots love this person he loves (laughs) you so much I did really like the way that that scene played out, though. Like, for me, there was an emotional catharsis, and it seemed very evident to me that it was only a matter of time until they would get back together. So I didn't understand the the cries from people saying, like, oh, the show is suggesting that polyamory can't work. Uh, to me, this was very clear. Oh, we're, we're doing this now because it's a finale, and this is what we do to all the characters in a finale. Mm-hmm. in the hopes that we'll get to come back. But for me, it seemed very clear that they would eventually get back together. Oh, yeah. And I think that it's just suggesting that what they're doing at their age is just very hard. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I think that Aki and Audrey, because things weren't working out between all three of them, especially since Aki was the last one to right. uh, essentially emotionally be out of it, that Audrey just like freaked out because Aki to her is the uh, like, 
the rock of all mm-hmm. three of them and if aki was rocking <laughs> the rock it's just like she was just like i can't lose both of them if i had to choose i will choose the one that brings me comfort which is the one that i originally started with mm-hmm. and i think that yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that polyamory can't exist i think she just got scared and retracted back to something that she thought was safe mm-hmm. and both of them thought was safe because she she knows Aki better than she knows Max because she's been with Aki longer. So for her, it's probably easier to get a read on him. But from Max's perspective on the stairs where he says, like, is this a you thing? And then I'm the odd man out still like you can understand why he would continue to feel that way when Audrey and Aki are kind of continuing to do this thing where they're like, well, we know each other better. So it's easier for us to communicate. Oops, that means we've iced Max out to a certain degree. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's the reason why like in therapy, whenever you're seeing a patient, and then they suggest, hey, um, I'd like to do couples therapy, like ethically, it's just doesn't make sense for you to also do that with a patient because you already know their perspective. And so there's going to be like an an imbalance in right kind of knowledge and awareness in the room. And so that that's kind of what I was thinking. And it's just like, Oh, God, how fucking hard is this to have an established relationship, and then have this kind of growth area that that involves bringing in someone else in a really intimate way. And again, I think that's something the show did like really, really well in identifying these challenges. And seeing how people can navigate those, you know, for people who are in polyamorous relationships. And so I I also I just commend it for keeping this thread really strong, I think, and just mm-hmm. engaging and feel real. And again, it's like we're rooting for them more than anyone I, besides Luna. You know, they're we're over here like, yes, let's see the thruple live happily mm-hmm. ever after. Like, I want nothing more than that. And that says a lot, you know, in the modern times. I think that's really lovely that we can that we can root for uh, a relationship like that on in a TV show about teenagers. Mm-hmm. And I think they carefully wrote it. So you do root for them. Like you're never like, Oh, this isn't going to work. And I, yeah, Joe to echo your feelings. I don't understand how you could see the ending of this saying that polyamory doesn't work because obviously this wasn't the planned end. Right. And I, I think that when there are on the stairs, you feel a lot of emotions and you are sad and everyone's sad. And even in the, Italy, Aki and Audrey are like, but what about Max? And like, yeah. e- even in the stuff they couldn't cut out, it does feel like something is missing. And it does feel like it's just relationship growth and understanding. And it's a hard, it's actually one of the hardest kinds of relationships you could possibly even jump into because it's like, it's mm-hmm. three, like already dealing with one person's heart. Like, mm-hmm. like Julianne says, right? <laughs> like, it's just, it's an emotional roller coaster that, like, I feel like is a very interesting thing that the show is trying to explore. And I just wish we could have seen like three more seasons of it. <laughs> Word. Okay, well, why don't we jump over to the stuff in Rome? So we're basically following Zoya, Julian, Audrey, Aki, and Obi as they are on vacation. And we're getting glimpses of Luna. She doesn't technically appear, but she's on all of these billboards. She's now modeling. And we're also briefly seeing Max. He's over in Germany, and he's kind of back to his usual drugged up, whoring out kind of lifestyle what do we think of the back half of this episode, which is entirely gossip girl free? Oh, yeah, I think so. This this feels actually very and I've said this a few times where this feels very like traditional gossip girl finale where the mm-hmm. back end sets up another season, except it's just essentially setting up, you know, an ending of where everyone kind of is. 
right. at that moment i do i did feel like catharsis around seeing luna on the billboards and mm-hmm. um and i thought that was really lovely and it, it oh it just would have been so great to see that explored more but i also like the just even again reading that article that that we're linking to uh, reading about Aaron Dominguez's character, who uh, he's from, if you don't know, he's in Only Murders in the Building. Um, oh, yes. Right. Okay. Yeah, and he is also just adorable. I love him. <laughs> but I would have been so fascinated to see him do like, so he was meant to, I guess, be a kind of a con man of some mm-hmm. sorts because he in, he introduces himself to everyone with a different name separately. And so. But we only see him technically once the one time so because they cut out all the other stuff yeah which i don't like i wish they had just left it i know it would have been really interesting to see it definitely would have been way more cliffhangery because the max stuff is really confusing like i actually felt like rewound and i was like i don't know what's going on with Mm -hmm. max at the end of this whole series that's the last thing we see of him is him just like getting taking the hand of someone who we don't even see his face but allegedly we're supposed to see aaron's face yeah mm-hmm. yeah and introducing a different name i actually liked him laying it out like that that would have been neat a neat way but yeah you're right it's like a whole new character they're introducing that would have been a regular in season three yeah. yeah it's a little bit wild because there's a line when this guy is talking to zoya in the theater so the one time we see him is his interaction with zoya and he's set up like a potential romantic interest for her he seems too good to be true which of course means he is but he mentions oh yeah you know i was supposed to go to this show with a friend of mine but he's in germany and he met up with this guy so i thought oh we're going to introduce a couple of new characters it's going to be this is how we kind of bridge max back in it's he's going to show up with this new dude and instead reading it, you're like, wait, no, we're playing some weird long con game with one character trying to infiltrate the group using multiple names and nationalities. What? I, I love bet it. he ends up being Gossip Girl. Mm, mm. Or like you're supposed to think he's Gossip Girl, like the new one. Yeah, because of the Jordan. Yeah, Jordan's new, like making Gossip Girl like a, a an a app. Global essentially. Entity. Yeah, he maybe he was like one of the. One of the main ones, ultimately, but I I love that. It actually really reminds me. There's an arc. I think it's in season one of the OC, but it's the character Oliver who infiltrates a friend right. group, and he ends up being mm-hmm. really unhinged and stuff. Like I love that kind of storyline when when you have a good actor who can just deliver the slow slide into crazy town when they're revealing themselves. <laughs> ultimately, it's oh, I I I would have loved to see the show shift in the next season, just in how how it's operating because it it feels like at this point, this was the cutaway point where we can cut away from kind of an old, even like with as much innovation as the new reboot, you know, the reboot did with having the teachers be gossip girl and having that be known mm-hmm. up front, taking it another step and kind of elevating it. I just think season three would have been really like, it would have been that season. I think, or at least it could have been where you're telling your friends like, no, seriously, this show's fucking good. It's fucking wild because I think they really would have gone just kind of major campy even more like just mega ridiculousness because of the scope well they would have focused on the teens more which actually i think what right. our biggest complaint was is that we didn't like the teachers like they were kind of becoming grading like it felt like kind of circular at mm-hmm. least and we didn't know how long they would last mm-hmm. and like this would have been the season where we the teens would have just been teens yep yeah, I mean, the the Italy stuff was actually one of the most successful things that the show did for me in the back half of this season. Oh, no. I I have liked the show, but I always got the impression you two liked it a little bit more than me. I, 
I was frustrated with the teacher's arc. I was a little frustrated with the kind of repetitiveness of the antics. Like it just felt to me like a little Ryan Murphy, you know, every episode feels like we're hitting a hard reset. And I'm just like, or you could let some things play out. Just let them fall as they will. This Italy stuff proved to me that I was genuinely interested in these teen characters without the gossip girl shenanigans. Like, I was enjoying watching them have breakfast and go shopping. And there was still, you know, some some drama that we could wring from this without needing to be like, oh, what's Gossip Girl posting? Who's the mysterious figure? Not to say I wouldn't have been interested in season three, because it does sound like you said, Ari, like they were going to really lean into some wacky, campy nonsense. But I also would have liked to see a version of Gossip Girl where it's just like, rich people doing rich people things like julian was bearable i found her, her relationship <laughs> yeah. with zoya like watching audrey gently accept zoya but also still kind of hate her all of that stuff it was really working for me here yeah oh, it's so sad like just watching all the italy stuff i was like this is what i knew the show could be when i saw episode six in season one i was like oh this is something i like and I like the characters and I like Audrey. I like Aki, Max, uh, Julian and Zoya. I can even tolerate like Obi, <laughs> whatever he exists. Uh, Luna, I love. Monet, I love. Like I just I realized it suddenly in that episode. And it's just like I felt like the last few minutes of the season series, I knew it was getting there. And I'm so yeah. sad. I'm yeah. so sad. Such a huge turning point, it feels like. And it was like in the soft reboot way, like it was refreshing to switch up the setting for a little bit. It was, mm-hmm. you know, just just generally to see people. I, I like it's where a time jump is really helpful because they can right. go either way. Right. It can feel really cheap and whatever. But I like that the time jump, it's still there is still like some dust settling on some things that have ha- that happened you know, two mm-hmm. months prior and some really interesting reveals. And it's just like, oh, I wish like, you know, we're going to beat the dead horse. But <laughs> it just felt like it was going in the right direction. Yeah, it, it seemed like we might have stayed in Europe for a little while longer. And I think getting to see Julian discover some secrets about her mom, who is really a character we haven't ever addressed all that mm-hmm. much, like, Apparently, this was a longer scene than what we would have gotten in the original kind of cliffhangery cut of the episode. So I guess that was the one thing I was appreciative of, that they made an edit here so that we got a bit of closure on where this could have gone. But Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it seemed like there was some good potential and almost like the show figured out how to be Gossip Girl without needing to lean into the Gossip Girl IP. Like, we're going into season three, we don't need to be gossip girl anymore that's just the name of the show and i was really attracted to that prospect yeah Yeah, it's a hard thing to sustain it's a hard i guess like gimmick to sustain in that way and i think that that's how the original show you know that there were struggles here and there and like keeping it Mm -hmm. keeping it to where it felt like it made sense still to even have that be such a prominent presence I do think that, I, I mean, obviously, I don't think we know this wouldn't have been the end of Gossip Girl. It would have been like very different. Right. You know, iteration of it. But that that was exciting to me, too. So, yeah, I feel you on that, Joe. Like, just kind of like kind of freeing the show from this limitation of this is the setup and we have to stick to this. And it's like, no, at this point, we really don't. We could kind of just take it where it goes because we know these characters really well now. 
I mean, I like the idea that Gossip Girl becomes an app and like it's something that is more collaborative mm-hmm. and amongst like everyone than like a sole Gossip Girl. Because that's actually the thing that weighed down the first show, like the first iteration of the series is mm-hmm. that like we had this mysterious Gossip Girl and then it ended up being Dan. And how disappointing was that? And this even the show even drags right. that. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. And it would have been disappointing if it had been any other person than Dan, right? Like the idea that one person could have executed all of this and it's meant to be a mystery is you're right, Ari, it's unsustainable. So I think this revamp show had a better idea of saying, oh, it's a a small collective of people. And then, yes, folks, if you didn't stay past the credits, then you missed the final scene, which was teasing a season three where Roger Menzies would have turned this into a global app and Jordan would have helped him run it. I... I would have needed to see how this would have worked out, but I will say my initial gut reaction was, no, I don't want that. Really? Oh, I think, yeah, mm-hmm. I think like, it's kind of like for me, the next, it's where it, like where it needs to, it's like, it's like where else could it go really? Like if, if it is Gossip Girl, you know, like we do like the idea of secrets being revealed and in a way that that's kind of what it did. Like, cause I mean, all these shows, these teen dramas over the years, they have, you know, big reveals and people keeping secrets. Mm -hmm. And so gossip girl, I think as a media, as like a, the way of those getting exposed added another really unique element, which is why I do think initially the, the for earlier seasons of the OG show worked really well. It was different and it was, you know, there was kind of this entity that the show was revolving around that had a lot of power over people. And so I like that idea and again, because it's not sustainable, it's kind of like, where else do you go with it and and keep it from just kind of becoming another show's premise, you know? So I think mm-hmm. that I, I just, I love the promise of it going so much more massively and being basically like Wikipedia page six, essentially <laughs> everyone just throwing out their, you know, the, their dirt that they have on everyone else. Um, but it would have been cool to see just kind of, cause they could have had fun with it. it you know, it could be like regional, it could be whatever. Like, so it could be like a dating app meets teens talking shit or whatever, everyone using it in, in these really kind of creative, unique ways. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I just think it, if nothing else, it opened the door to a lot of possibilities. So my question to the two of you is, how would you have envisioned this working? Do you think we would have gone international like would we have introduced characters that would rival a julian say in another country or would it be like the same characters maybe doing some jet setting or would it just be oh the app is now global but we're still going to tell stories that are specific to this group in new york i mean i think maybe the guy that they all were meeting in europe would imply especially since this season ends in europe in rome Mm -hmm. and like uh they say max is in germany i assume he's in berlin Right. I, I think it was going to globetrot, and I think they were going to put way more money. And I honestly, that's probably why HBO cut the axe. It's because they were like, oh, this is going to leave New York? Uh, pass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're already cutting other shows, and you want more money. No. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I definitely think it would have been – like, I think I think maybe they could have made it, made it work in a way, like, if, if Gossip Girl was meant to be, like, a factor – that it operates like a geolocation thing and it's like a dating mm. app essentially. And, and so it would make sense for it to not just be over like flooded with 
irrelevant gossip from other parts of the world, if that makes sense. So like they could have done something with like the geolocation aspect that would have been kind of interesting, maybe um, mm. like someone not knowing that something had been revealed until because they weren't in the right area. I don't know. So something oh. like that, you know, I think that they would have done it, though. And just just with the idea of Luna, you know, her modeling career is starting to take off and she's has billboards, you know, in Rome. And so that i think that's hinting too at this idea of like celebrity that we haven't really gotten into because it feels very much in the this the bubble of new york city and so i and then some of what what the article talked about too was like this idea of luna starting to reach levels of fame that monet and julian didn't ever really even comprehend for themselves Mm -hmm. like like she's thinking bigger and so how they're dealing with that and that could have been interesting because it would have been like as that's happening as the characters are kind of expanding their horizons gossip girl is too and it's becoming more massive and so yeah i think there would have been a parallel process there but it does sound super expensive (laughs) i mean i would have loved to see a luna julian showdown because i feel like monet julian was like a like a cusp thing and so was audrey but luna was like the one that was always by her side so i feel Mm -hmm. like that's like a even more of a more interesting like battle in a yeah. third season especially since it is like luna is living the dream that she didn't think she could even live until her mom mm-hmm. totally uh basically put her in a place that made her feel like wait maybe i do want to do this mm-hmm. well it would have been fascinating too because luna is far and away the most assured and confident member of this group right like the fact that she just kept saying oh my god i'm so sick of this high school bullshit and here she is at the end of the series literally an international supermodel (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah i love that i just love that idea for her and like that would have been really lovely and it would have been nice to just see that nurtured more and again it sucks that the showrunners didn't have the time to really get into her more in this mm-hmm. season. Such a missed opportunity. It really was. It's kind of like, no, don't save her for later. Let's do it now. Like, let's explore this now. Yeah, I'm thinking back on the conversations we've had. You know, obviously, we we only did a single episode on season one because we were talking principally about season two. But part of me wonders what season two could have been. I know it's a, a fool's errand, but had we put the Kate storyline to bed at the end of season one, have her get arrested then, and then be able to spend season two laying more of the groundwork for this Roger Menzies takeover on an international scale, but also really do the Julian versus Luna versus Monet. Like imagine those three getting the bulk of the screen time and the drama, like leading up to this kind of international affair. Uh, I, Obviously, we didn't get it. Obviously, we never will get it. But the possibilities to me are just so tantalizing. Fan fiction. We can still write it. <laughs> and we're back to fan fiction. Yeah. <laughs> That's where all things end. When every show gets canceled, it's like, what can we do? How do we how do we right. extend our you know the life of this? <laughs> oh, I'm so sad. Well, I guess if people want to join us in the land of fan fiction. <laughs> Jenny, how would they get a hold of you? You can find me literally anywhere at Jenny Lee X33, Jenny with a Y, L E I G H. That's how you spell Lee. Uh, I did log <laughs> Gossip Girl on Serialized. There we go. <laughs> Much to my sadness. 
<laughs> and Ari. Yeah, so you can find me not on Serialize, but now I want to like dive into that. I don't, I've never even heard of that. Um, but yeah, so I'm on Letterboxd, Facebook. I mean, well, Facebook. Well, I guess technically, yes, I am on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Twitter. The latter two are what I use the most uh, at the T H E R E A R I D R E W, the R E Drew. And yeah, come uh, commiserate with all of us. There we go. Yeah, do do some eulogizing with us online there. If folks want to get a hold of me, I can be reached at B still my remote, and that's the letter B. And if you want to get all three of us, you can use the hashtag HKHSPod, or you can send us an email at HKHSPod at gmail.com. So sadly, this is the end of the road for XOXO. Um, didn't anticipate having to say that a couple of weeks ago, but here we are. So... Folks, hope you enjoyed the ride. I know uh, it was lovely getting to chat with you, Ari and Jenny each week about this ridiculous show. But uh, yeah, I guess until maybe some kind of reboot or revamp, we can say goodbye to XOXO. Bye, y'all. Bye. You know you love me. XOXO. Gossip Girl.